two, and three. There we go. iOS versus Android. Is it really that big of a difference? Sersky Unplugged? New name? Maybe. Cold toes, temperatures dropping. Time to moisturize. Episode 40. Coming along. Mountai Coffee. How was it? And could I learn another culture? Is it another form of upskilling in your 40s or late later in life? Folks, it's Thursday, September 21st, 2023. I'm Steven Sersky, a Canadian expat situated in Beijing, China. Been here for nine years, basically, minus one, about eight years so total. Uh, if you're wondering, uh, do you speak Chinese? I'm like, yes, I do uh, speak a little bit of Chinese. It pretty much takes up uh, the free time of my free time. So how would I put this? Given the fact that I record podcasts, three or four podcasts now, two or three podcasts, uh, and I work full-time here in Beijing, uh, whatever time I'm not doing those things, then I am um, studying Chinese. Actually, I'm basically studying Chinese. In the morning, I do uh, 15 to 20 minutes of flashcards every morning uh, on my morning walk. And then I've had a bunch of uh, conversational classes. I don't really take formal classes anymore. Last week, this week, actually, I just finished my last uh, writing, my Chinese writing class uh, in the effort to sort of uh, buff up my writing abilities, my grammar abilities as well. I guess it's kind of worked, but there's still quite a few errors that I'm making. It's a lot more smoother and it's a lot easier when I type. But if and when I do take the HSK test again, which is the standardized uh, Mandarin Chinese test here in uh, the mainland, uh, I'm going to have to, I'd like to take the paper test, which means I have to learn how to write the Chinese characters themselves. I find it's just a little bit more of a challenge. Uh, I think it's a little bit more, um, I don't know, old school as well. Uh, and so it's something I'd like to uh, uh, be able to do uh, to graduate to the sixth level, uh, which I am practicing those flashcards right now. So the um, current level edge, current band descriptors of, uh, or current bands available, levels available to uh, uh, Mandarin proficiency, or the proficiency of the Mandarin language, uh, range from one to nine. So one being very low, and then nine being basically expert user. Uh, I'm situated at a roughly five at the moment, um, but I've been working on the level six vocabulary, and by that I mean, uh, so every level is sort of introduced to a few more characters, a lot more characters, uh, but then also new words, utilizing the characters from the previous level. So at level one, you'll learn 150 characters, but level two, you might learn 100 characters and then another 50 words using all of those characters together, if that makes sense. So since Chinese is a uh, character-based language, uh, you might have something like shi de, like uh, shi, um, and the possessive and should is like is uh, so should is another way of saying yes so you can say should uh, but also should is a separate word from the which is uh, can be attached to a lot of different words woda like my woda or uh, should nida so the can be attached to quite a few different words or characters uh, changing the meaning of each of those uh, so things like that um, and I'm at level five, six, between there, somewhere around there. I'm able to hold a decent conversation with uh, most people, um, whether or not I understand everything they're saying. That's another question. There are a lot of dialects and different pronunciations of words uh, around, throughout China, but then also within Beijing, since Beijing is sort of a melting pot 
of uh, a lot of different migrant workers, so people who've moved from other parts of the country into the city for work because uh, their hometowns probably pay, probably pay shit and Beijing pays a little bit better smelling shit, I guess. Uh, but it's not it's still not very much. I mean, we're talking like 3000 a month, maybe. So that's like $600 Canadian uh, per month. So they're making 36000 renminbi per year. That's uh, like... <laughs> You're not traveling on that coin. I mean, you, you're traveling second-class, standing-room only on the train back to your hometown for 17 hours. That's what type of payment that is. Uh, and that's considered a luxury sort of thing. So, well, at least we're not taking the camel back this time, right? So, the uh, been uh, I'm able to converse with most people, in the uh, mo- some people, not most. Uh, if it's like a highly educated sort of conversation, probably not going to happen. Uh, if it's a very sort of uh, rural conversation, like a lot of lo- local dialect or like, obviously words that I'm unfamiliar with, like um, uh, what would you call it, like industry-specific words, even if it's like agriculture-specific, right, or home-specific um, and by like if, domestic. So like, within a house, there might be different ways of saying different words, like cupboards or uh, drawers or desks and stuff like that. So there might be three or four different words for the same object, but whether or not I'm familiar with that locality's method of saying that word or that object, that's where that's where things can get a little bit, uh, well, gappy. <laughs> I'm not able to uh, uh, sort of follow along all the time. Uh, yesterday, I made a mistake. Uh, my information was wrong, so uh, the number eight is not pronounced fa in southern Cantonese or southern Chinese dialects at all. This was a uh, wrong information. I probably should have checked. I was, I was, well, I actually got it from another source, and uh, kind of like, that does sound a little bit odd, but what the connection was between eight and ba and the pronunciation of fa is that ba... Okay, so this is ChatGPT actually initially spelled, uh, 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 spit this out. I checked with another person who's from the southern parts of China, uh, and she's like, yes, that that does happen, but uh, Cantonese does not pronounce it fa. However, what the connection is, is that the number eight is very fortunate. And in the southern parts of China, uh, specifically the Cantonese-speaking regions, uh, they would say fa tsai, like so fa fa fa, but they would write 888, being that they'll give you good fortune, good uh, well wishes and stuff like that. So... Uh, I, I was wrong in saying that the number eight is pronounced as fa. It is actually a sort of, what would you call it? They write ba, 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 eight, 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 to represent fa, 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 which is shorthand for fa, tsai, fa, tsai, fa, tsai, which is wealth, 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 sorry. So, so there you go. Hope I didn't um, ruin your pickup lines yesterday in the 24 hours since you've listened to my uh, podcast. Or, jeez, man, if you're listening to this now and you're like, trying to chat up a, a Chinese lady or man, and you're going, oh, yeah, fa, 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 and they're going, fuck, are you going? Hopefully you get to this episode a little bit sooner. Uh, so that embarrassment, uh, or, you know, hey, you know, it could be a little bit of comedy. It's like, I was just joking around. <laughs> the silly podcasters these days, oh, they ad-lib all the time. Do they ever fact-check anything? Hardly. iOS uh, versus Android. Actually, it's not so much I don't fact-check. Fact-check. It's literally that... I do write a note and I go with it. And I was like, well, this chat GPT and a secondary source said it. So like, how, why do I need to tertiary check it? That's basically what the uh, the thought was. Then I was like, well, wait a minute. No, I better actually check the pronunciation. And so that's what I did. And uh, 
found out that I was incorrect. iOS versus Android, WTF. So anyone who tells you that the iPhone is like the greatest phone ever is lying. Uh, I was actually wondering if there'd be a method to uh, put the Android operating system on an iPhone. Because the iPhone itself, but and the, the actually this got me thinking. Is it the iPhone iOS, which sucks balls, or is it the hardware? And the A16 chip that's in this phone that I have is supposed to be pretty good. right? It, it hits all top marks on benchmarks and stuff like that. The amount of available RAM in this phone, it's only 6, six gigs. The latest iPhone, iPhone 15, has 8 gigs. My last phone had 12, which configure, sort of figures why it was a lot faster in so many more ways. Also figures why it had heating issues. So, it, I mean, it had some stupid amount of uh, memory, like 512 gigs or something like that, but 12 gigs of RAM, it wasn't able to cool itself, and as a result, you see the phone sort of burnt itself to death this year. So, Whereas the iPhone does not get warm very often at all, to tell you the truth. So if that's what they're doing, sort of going step by step in sort of uh, like a slow plod towards, um, you know, functional, long, uh, long-term use sort of technology, uh, then I guess you kind of got to give it to the iPhones. But in terms of right now usability and adaptability and being able to, uh, just in terms of um, malleability, being able to make it do whatever you need it to do, Oh, it goes to Android. It just does. Android's so much more flexible in that regard. So, but I don't know if you if you're on defense about getting an iOS or an Android device. Honestly, I would say take a look at the Xiaomi devices, uh, not the Huawei ones. I found their um, their operating systems a bit clunky. Xiaomi had a better uh, operating system. Uh, I've heard good things about the Samsung devices as well. Uh, but if like if you can get past the iOS operating system on the iPhone then, yeah, the phone seems to work, and the although the camera's shit compared to Android uh, phones, so uh, if that's what you're looking for, again, I mean, the, the only benefit with um, iPhone is that it plays nice with uh, other Apple products, and since it does that, you can move your photos and pictures within the Apple environment, Final Cut Pro, Logic, um, you know, photos and stuff like that. So it's a lot easier to, uh, and iCloud. So it's a lot easier to keep everything sort of organized and uh, doing well. It also has a cinematic view, which honestly, if you have an Android phone, just tap on the screen to refocus. And there, so you can, basically cinematic mode in, on the iPhone is your, your sort of rack pole. So you can change the depth of focus uh, in the, uh, uh, what when you're shooting your, your video, which is not always easy to do on Android systems, so. Anyway, there you go. Some food for thought. Some technology for thought. Sersky Unplugged. New name. Sersky Finally Unplugged. SFU. <laughs> I was thinking of some new names. Instead of Sab. Sab. S-S-A-B. Stephen Sersky's audio blog. Uh, which, this is the second name I think I've had for it. I think it started out as Sersky's Minute. Stephen Sersky's, Sersky's Minute. Uh, and then uh, I went to something else. Uh, SVM. I can't, I can't remember what it was. Sersky's been an SM, um, SSM, and then there might have been another one. I settled on SSAB, Stephen Sersky's audio blog. I was thinking, well, you know, it's kind of unplugged, so, but it's not really unplugged because this is very much plugged in. So, 
I, I don't know. I was thinking about it. I thought it would kind of be, be kind of funny, even with the big podcast, the Stephen Sersky podcast. Sersky Unplugged. Welcome to Sersky Unplugged, episode number 42. Uh, not sure. Maybe I'll create a third podcast. No, no, I, no, there's no more need for um, unhinged, unscripted Steve speaking at the moment. At the moment. But I thought it'd be kind of neat. Uh, Sersky Unplugged, Double S Unplugged, or something like that. Uh, has a nice little ring to it. Anyway, cold toes, temperature dropping, time to start moisturizing. Beijing has a nice autumn for about a, mo- uh, a month. And then it's sweater weather. Like So this is your, your sweater weather. You get out in the morning, you're like, oh, it's a bit nipply. You know, your, your arms, sort of your skin sort of stings a little bit uh, uh, with the cold weather. Uh, but then after your first lap of your uh, your walk around, you're like, okay, well, no, we're doing okay. Uh, don't really, uh, don't feel so cold anymore. Uh, but, uh, and then certainly on, later on the day, you don't need a sweater at all. Um, especially if you're walking in the sun or anything, it's very nice, very pleasant. The only problem is that the sun sort of takes its uh, time getting up in the, in the morning these days. Uh, cold inside, but only until about 11 o'clock. And then after that, your toes are fine. Like bare toes right now seems okay, but in the mornings, uh, yeah, a little bit uh, cooler, which just means that, uh, get your moisturizers ready because, uh, Beijing, Beijing is dry. Dry hands, dry lips, dry skin, everything. It's just for the amount of rain and for how humid this city gets in July, August, May, June, July, August, uh, partially September. It's just shocking at how dried out it gets during the winter. Windy, no moisture, and you're just like, uh, cracked skin and everything. It's, it's, Almost unbearable. And then, of course, smog. We got a, the, a little bit of a smog going on as well uh, for the last day. It was, about, it was clear for about, oh, 20 couple hours or something like that. And then, uh, yeah, you can smell it. Oh, pardon me. You can smell it right now with the, the smog coming in throughout the city. Episode number 40 is in the final stages. I was uh, working on it again today. I'm looking at it. I spit out the uh, sort of, um, I guess it's the second to last final audio draft of um, the audio file itself uh, was in Logic Pro. So what I had to do, uh, I had to sweeten the audio a little bit, uh, boost some things, and then cut out some parts because uh, since I use Zoom uh, to record these things, I'm only, I'm I'm capped at 45 minutes, 40 or 40 minutes. Uh, So we had to uh, do a couple segments. And so those little chunks I had to cut out and make it into one seamless whole uh, just for a better uh, listening experience overall. I think it runs just under two hours, I think. So this one's a bit of uh, a shorter one overall, but pretty good. It's a, I think it's a very interesting conversation if you are... It's interesting to, to hear who I talk to because of uh, the job that uh, she does and uh, where she's sort of heading and where she has been. Uh, that, that people do this for work. I think this is sort of the fascinating thing of uh, being an expat and then also being able to do podcasts where you get to talk to uh, uh, people like this. So episode number 40 in the final stages. Uh, doesn't look like I'll get it published tonight, but uh, certainly it looks like it's going to get published within the uh, the next day or so. Maotai Coffee, how was it? Uh, and what about a hostel stay? Hostel stay? Hotel stay? And how much does Maotai even cost? What about their stock price? So this um, Maotai Coffee... Uh, was the big all the rage two weeks ago when uh, Luckin Coffee? I think I talked about this. Uh, they offered this special Mao Tai flavored 
uh, latte, natia in, in Chinese, which is natia is a takeaway steel. That's takeaway. That's what na is in like take and then tia is in like takeaway sort of thing. So natia uh, coffee and it was a viral sensation, which is typical in China for about a day, two days. They sold a few million cups of it, like 5.2 million cups within a day or two. If you're wondering how the stock went, the stock uh, jumped substantially from, I think it was the end of July or June until about middle of August. And then it dropped into September when the coffee was released, the promotional material was released. Um, it spiked up that day and has since fallen substantially. It's like, choo, bye-bye. Uh, not a very good purchase at the moment. So uh, kind of interesting to see that happen. Let's see if I can pull this up. Where is Kwai Chou? Kwai Chou, where are you? Uh, I'm not going to... Kwai Chou, Kwai Chou, Kwai Chou. That's not what it is. So uh, no, I will not be able to find it in time. Uh, but overall, yeah, the uh, the stock was not doing very well. And uh, it's <laughs> not something that um, I'd be looking to buy just yet, given the fact that uh, this promotion is sort of winding down. They do have another uh, promotion as well, where I think if you book a uh, hotel stay in San Latoon, there's one hotel that's offering a free bottle of Mao Tai. Now, did they say it? You, had to, you had to book a hotel stay for a thousand renminbi, or is it that you book a hotel stay and they will give you a bottle of Mao Tai, which is valued, they say, at 1,000 renminbi, uh, and I can't help but say, well, for that price, I may as well just go buy a bottle of Mao Tai. So, how much does it actually cost? Oh, here we go. Guizhou Mao Tai, 1798.39, down 1.4% today, uh, and it's underneath the 200 DMA, which is always sort of a sign that might go down a little bit further, and uh, looks like a downward trend uh, is developing uh, with resistance in uh, the last few highs. So 1798 is where uh, uh, Guizhou Tai. Uh, ticker symbol 600519. Again, that's 600519 for Guizhou Tai on the A-share markets. Anyway, let's just go buy a bottle of Mal uh, Baijiu if that's what you want. Tai is not bad. Like It's actually not a bad Baijiu at all. It's not like the Argoto, the green bottle stuff that a lot of foreigners first encounter when they come to China. Uh, and they have the stuff, and they swear off Baijiu for the rest of it. If you actually have a, a, a shot of Mao Tai itself, it's not a bad li uh, liqueur, not a bad alcohol at all. Uh, it doesn't, like, sure, it burns a little bit, but it's not, you, and yes, if you drink a whole bottle of it, you're going to get sick of it, or half a bottle of it, uh, but um, you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to. You could throw those shots behind your neck for all the things. You know, if you're out with a bunch of government officials and they're trying to make you drink it a little bit more, you can you can always say that you don't drink. I know, shocking, which as a foreigner, it almost seems like a travesty to give up the experience of drinking. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you think? What's the longevity of uh, the drinkers in government circles and uh, expat circles? Good question. Anyway, Mao Tai, decent uh, uh, by Joe, stock price falling. Coffee, was it worth it? One time, that's it. We have the cold and the hot lattes. Probably would not get them again. And certainly would not go book a hotel stay for a free bottle. At that point, I'd just go buy the bottle 
at the uh, April Gourmet down the street. Could I learn a, another language, sorry, another culture in my 40s? Is that a bigger jump, a bigger upskill than job upskilling? Now, this is something that was, I, sort of struck me as, um, as, I, as I make my way through my 30s, my 40s, sorry, I'm, I've done my 30s already. As I make my way through my 40s, and people are saying like, yeah, you know, the health catches up to you, everything catches up to you, you just basically start dying in your 40s. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Welcome to the club, Steve. <laughs> you know? uh, but I was wondering, so what would be more difficult? Quitting your job and reskilling to another industry or not quitting the industry but changing countries? Which is the bigger jump? So is it a new culture? Because I, I think of all the things that I've sort of learned, all of these little things like, you know, the the, liu, the ba, the, the fortunate numbers, uh, the pronunciation of uh, uh, different words, you know, the internet speak and stuff like that. Uh, how much I've picked up over the years just by being here and being able to talk to people very casually on a daily basis, uh, these little th things that you sort of pick up. Would I want to do that again? Would I care to do that again in another country, in another culture? Like Arabic comes to mind. Like if I move to uh, one of the Middle Eastern countries, uh, or Egypt, or what if I move to Africa, or like, you know, even South America. Like, would I care to pick up uh, Spanish and Spanish culture and stuff like that? Argentinian or uh, Brazilian, uh, like Portuguese. I don't know if I have it in me to tell you the truth. Because especially going there, it'd be such a jump from what I'm used to. Not just from Canada, but from China and from being an expat uh, from being in the same job for the last seven years and stuff like that, uh, even though like there was a pandemic sort of that really skewed my uh, expat life quite a bit, it kind of forced me to make peace with where I was or with where I am. Um, would would I be willing to do something like that if I had to? Where would I go? Right. And so I don't know. Yeah, as an expat in Beijing it's sort of the life of the itinerant folk, basically. So there's there's a healthy churn of people in the expat community. The pandemic did, good, did a good number on the uh, foreigner numbers, uh, foreigner uh, uh, residencies here in, in the city. But even aside from that, uh, normal churn of an expat, one, two, two, three years, and typically you're seeing someone that you knew really well leaving. That's just how it works when you're an expat. It's not the same when you live in a hometown your entire life. Yeah, you in a hometown, the hometown churn is probably maybe every five or six years. Maybe someone would move somewhere else. But even then, uh, I look back at, uh, if anything, actually, uh, hometown, it's more like every five or six years, someone new comes into your, um, your, your sort of circle, your city, your, your community, uh, and you are getting used to someone new coming in rather than you being the one who has to get new to uh, get used to being somewhere else and getting used to the people who live there uh, for so long. All right, folks, I'm going to uh, leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, show notes and tracks up my website, stephenstersky.com. That's also where the big cast episode number 40 will be published, uh, hopefully within the day or so. Um, I'm happy that I got a little bit more uh, work on it done, done today. I'm surprised at uh, how long it's taken me, but that's just how the uh, the ball bounced, how the podcast uh, bounced from Logic. Ooh, that's an audiophile uh, 
inside show, whenever you export a track from Logic, it's called a bounce. Uh, so yeah, I will leave it there. Show notes and tracks at my website, steamsterski.com. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Stay well out there. Stay cool. Stay warm. Stay moisturized. And uh, well, don't drink so much because honestly, the stock price is going down anyway. Have a good one. We'll do this again. Thanks again. Bye-bye.